Hey there, sports fan. Welcome to the Draft Site Podcast, your home for all professional sports drafts. Brought to you by DraftSite.com, the original full round mock draft site. Now let's get to the show. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to DraftSite.com, our latest podcast. It is the evening of January 3rd, 2018. Happy New Year, everyone. Haven't done a podcast all year. Ha ha ha. Again, hope everyone is doing well and had a safe new year and have a prosperous year to follow. We'll do a quick Bob uh, podcast tonight. We'll be going over the college football playoff um, rankings and where we stand right now, as well as the NFL playoffs, which are going to begin this week. Touch a little bit upon the draft order as well. Going to jump right into it. And starting with the college football playoff, and wow, what a first game that we were treated to. Rose Bowl, a tremendous game between Oklahoma, whom I picked to win the whole thing, so obviously uh, that kind of falls by the wayside after an overtime loss, 54-48 to to the Georgia Bulldogs. Georgia defense really kind of stepped up in the second half. It looked like Oklahoma could do no wrong in the first half. Three possessions, three quick touchdowns. Stepped up and really made Baker Mayfield kind of earn it in the second half. I believe he only threw for 87 yards. Aside from a couple of big plays, there really weren't uh, a lot of, I'd say, sustained drives that Oklahoma had like they had in the first half. Georgia was able to run the ball all day. Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb, who probably had about 400 yards between them and about six touchdowns. Uh, look up the stats here right now. Michelle, 181 yards. Uh, Chubb, 145 on the ground. Michelle, 41 through the air. So, I mean, right there, just between them, you're talking 300 and ooh, three, about 360 yards and six touchdowns because Michelle did have a receiving touchdown as well. 75-yard run, 50-yard run for Chubb. It was just a dominating performance on the ground. 34 carries, 317 yards as a team. Rodney Anderson put up 201 on the Oklahoma side of the football with a pair of touchdowns. 26 carries, 201 yards. 45 for 242 as a team. Stats look good for Mayfield. Aside from the one interception he threw, he even gets a touchdown catch. Two-yarder from C.J. Lamb. Mayfield goes 23-35, 287, two touchdowns and a pick. Jake Fromm, 20 for 29, 210, two touchdowns, no picks. Good game. Very good game. But really was a little more about those the, the Georgia defense really kind of stepping up in the second half. Roquan Smith winds up with 11 tackles, one for loss. Made a lot of real, real big plays. That's some key moments. Late that football game, Lorenzo Carter as well. Big stop, as well as actually blocking uh, the field goal attempt in the second overtime, which set up the winning drive for Georgia. So, all in all, this was a game that you hated to say, you know, someone's going to lose this football game. Both teams came ready to play. It was a treat to watch. Oklahoma not scoring any points in the third. That was the only quarter in which a team did not score a point. 
uh, Georgia 710-1449, Oklahoma 1417 is the way that winds up. Second game didn't really live up to the billing as the rubber match per se. Clemson defending national champion for the third year in a row. In the Alabama Crimson Tide. All about some Alabama defense in this one. 24 to 6. Big thing here, there was no Deshaun Watson. Kelly Bryant, junior quarterback, fabulous player in his own right, but he's nowhere near the level of Deshaun Watson in his collegiate days, and it was just fairly evident. 14 points scored by Alabama in a 13-second span in the third quarter was really the difference here. Jerlon Payne actually getting a, a strip, causing a fumble when those were turned. Catches a touchdown pass. Big man getting it done. Looks like the guy should be declaring uh, probably after the title game and going in somewhere in the first round. Rather pedestrian effort on offense, though. 120 yards passing for Jalen Hurts. 42 for 141 on the ground. Again, not staggering numbers. 33 for 64. Clemson really held in check. Travis Etienne spent a lot of time on the sideline. Only four carries for 22 yards. 124 yards passing with two interceptions. It was a rough day. Hunter Renfro, really the hero in the last two years for for Clemson, was really shut out until I believe it was the fourth quarter. He winds up with five catches. But if memory serves me correctly, he did not catch a ball until the fourth. Alabama, Georgia. We've got an all-SEC final. Conventional wisdom says it should be Georgia, but it just seems like Alabama, every year they're not supposed to win. That's the year they wind up winning a title. You go in the next year thinking they'll get it done, and then something happens. I'm going to go with the Crimson Tide, I believe, in the next round. I'm going to call this 27-23 to 23 in favor of Alabama. Big game for me as well. 20-19. and 19 is the current prediction record. So this is actually going to determine whether I'm going to finish over 500 or if I'm going to be even Steven. Roll Tide. Regardless, it would be very good to see Georgia win. Have have not won a national title since 1980. Alabama, they seem to win one every two, three years. Uh, Real quick, we're going to go down... Uh, the rankings and how everyone's kind of uh, finished up. We have rankings ready to go. I just have the top two spots um, open, reserved, if you say, because I've I've actually got that uh, saved for the, the final two teams that we have. So the way we've got this played, number three team, and I, and I just have the losers. I still think those are the top four teams who lost the semifinals. Oklahoma will, will come in at number three. It's going to see your 12 and 2. Clemson will come in at number 4. 6 through 10, or 5 through 10, and the rest of the also Rams, as they say. Ohio State stays at number 5. They finish the year 12 and 2 after a 24 to 7 victory over USC. Staying at number 6 from our last 
Beers 40 countdown, the Wisconsin Badgers 13-1. and They defeat the Miami Hurricanes 34-24. Number seven is a team that's actually going to be flying the national championship banner themselves. The Knights of Central Florida, they go 13-0. and They talk about the disrespect. And it was announced today they're going to fly a banner. Uh, athletic Director Danny White, former quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, one of the last full-time punter quarterbacks in the NFL, has already stated uh, they're, they're planning to fly a championship banner. They think they've done more than some people who've claimed championships in the past, and they expect to be the first of many. Very bold statement. But if you watch Central Florida, and granted, Auburn played a little bit bad. They did defeat Auburn, who was uh, number eight coming into this game, or this week. Defeat the Auburn Tigers 34-27. Central Florida finishes seven in our poll, moving up two notches. Penn State moves up three from 11-8. to eight. With their Fiesta Bowl, Bowl victory, 35 to 28 over the University of Washington. So Penn State climbs to number eight in our final rankings. At number nine is USC. They drop a pair, and they uh, lost to Ohio State 24 to seven. Drops them from seven to nine in the final poll. Uh, rounding out the top ten, we got TCU. Thrilling comes from behind victory over Stanford, 39-37. TCU goes from 13-10. to Finish the year 11-3. Quickly, 11-15, through 15, Oklahoma State finishes at 11, 10-3 record. Auburn, who we mentioned, lost Central Florida. They finish at 10-4. They drop from 8-12. Notre Dame gets a Citrus Bowl victory on New Year's over LSU. They finish the year number 13 at 10-3. Michigan State also 10-3 and three after pummeling Washington State 42-17. Also 10-3 and three goes Washington Huskies, and they lost to Penn State. While Penn State moves up three, Washington drops three from 12-15. to 16-20, to Miami, disappointing end of the year, 10-3. and three. They finish at 16. Northwestern squeaks out a victory over Kentucky, 24-23. And Northwestern wins... Well, that could come at a price. Clayton Thorson, who many thought could enter this draft, wound up getting hurt during the game. He thought it was going to be minor. He, it turns out he's got a tour ACL. Now, he had already announced, the, the quarterback announced he was coming back to school for a senior season, but that could be costly. Got to wonder with the injury happening, happening this late, right by the turn of the year, will he be ready for fall ball? That's... Uh, that's going to be interesting. Northwestern finishes the year at 17. LSU at 9-4. and four. Of course, they <coughs> excuse me, lost to Notre Dame. And they dropped from 14-18. Stanford, our top five lost team in here, 9-5. and five. They lost that heartbreaker to TCU. They finished the year at 19. And uh, another 10-3 and three team at 20, the Memphis Tigers, who dropped a one-point decision against Iowa State. Memphis drops to number 20 in the final poll. Uh, 21 through 25, South Florida finishes at 10-2. and two. They get a last-minute win against Texas Tech, 38-34. Uh, Mississippi State, after defeating Louisville, they finish 9-4, coming in at number 22. At 11-3, coming in at 23rd, the Broncos of Boise State. They handled Oregon, 38-28 in their bowl game. 
Florida Atlantic, biggest mover in the last poll. We had them at 34. They move up 10 spots to 24. Lane Kiffin and crew finish 11 and 3. Just decimate Akron 50 to 3 in their bowl game. Florida Atlantic finishes the year ranked. Devin Singletary. Well, we could be talking Heisman for him next year. How 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 amazing would it be for Wayne Kiffin to have Florida Atlantic again in the national discussion in year two and have a Heisman Trophy candidate? Scored over 30 touchdowns this year. Fresno State, they lost to Boise State in the Mountain West Conference title game. They finished 10-4, and four, defeats Houston in their bowl game 33-27, gets them number 25 in the poll. 26-30, Virginia Tech at 26. They're 9-4. and four. How about Troy? 11-2, and two, they finish at number 27. Of course, those 11 wins included one over LSU. Washington State finishes at 28. Uh, they, they lose their final game to Michigan State badly. 9-4 and four for the North Carolina State Wolfpack. They finish at 29. And the Gamecocks of South Carolina, 9-4 and four as well. They defeat Michigan. 31-35, how about the 10-win Army Black Knights? 10-3, and three, come back and defeat San Diego State in their bowl game, 42-35. And Army finishes number 31. Iowa State gets that one-point victory against Memphis. They were the only team to defeat Oklahoma in the regular season. Cyclones finish 8-5, good for number 32 in the final poll. Also 8-5, the Michigan Wolverines at 33. The Kansas State Wildcats at 34. Bill Snyder's coming back for his 27th year. And after losing to Army, the... San Diego State Aztecs, they dropped to number 35. Rounding up the poll, we have four teams that debut. They debut, but they find a, a spot in our final countdown after not being there in week 14. Wake Forest Dean and Deacons finished the year 8 and 5, number 36 in the poll. The Ohio Bobcats, 9 and 4, they finished number 37. Appalachian State, those Mountaineers get in there again at 9 and 4. Shut out Toledo, 34-0 in their bowl game. Gets their number 38. Iowa, the Hawkeyes, at 8-5. They find a way in the pinstripe bowl, uh, defeating Boston College 27-20. And Appalachian State beat those Toledo Rockets, who were number 24. They tumbled from 24-40 to 40 after getting shut out. But Toledo, still an 11-win season. 11-3 buys them number 40 in the final poll. So 39 through 36 were all debuters. So the four teams that drop out, Texas A&M, Louisville, West Virginia, Arizona State. Four teams that were ranked that fall out of the Fierce 40 in the final week. Of course, number one and number two yet to be determined. Who will be number one? Will it be the Alabama Crimson Tide or the Georgia Bulldogs? We'll find out soon enough. On to the NFL. Quickly going to look over the games that we're going to start this weekend. And, of course, what we're going to do first is mention the four teams that will not be in action but are in the playoffs on the AFC side. Tony, you've heard this one before. New England Patriots, number one seed. Yawn. New England gets the week off. They'll be playing the second Saturday game. During week two, Pittsburgh Steelers 
number two seed. They will actually be playing the first game on Sunday next week. I believe that's the 14th. NFC side, the Minnesota Vikings. Who would have thought that Minnesota and Philadelphia would be the top two teams in the regular season? Well, I would have loved to have seen the Vegas odds if you had played that. Lay down a $2 bet that Philadelphia and Minnesota are your teams that will be have a bye week going into the first week of the playoffs. Those odds had to have been astronomical. Vikings will be playing the final game next week. Philadelphia will lead off week two of the playoffs on Saturday. Number one seed in the NFC, but come in limping badly. We'll see how things go there. So that's going to bring us to the actual wild card round. That's going to take place this weekend, of course. Let's take a look at the schedule. First game that is scheduled on the 6th this Saturday, the Tennessee Titans. These are the first appearance since 2008. We'll be coming in against the Kansas City Chiefs, a team that early on in the year looked to be probably the best team in football. Really hit the skids, had to fight off a serious effort by the L.A. Chargers to actually win the AFC West in a division where many people thought they would be playing for a wild card spot, probably battling the Broncos, and the Chargers come storming in. The Raiders fall by the wayside. Not sure what to really think, uh, make of this game. A lot of unknown variables. Weather could play a, a little bit of a, a factor here. No snow, but it should be cold in Kansas City. We're going to go with the Chiefs here. <clears throat> Marcus Mariota and a lot of Titans here just do not have the playoff savvy or experience. 31-20. Kansas City over Tennessee. That is going to be our call. Game two, the Atlanta Falcons and the Los Angeles Rams. Could be the best game that we see all weekend. The Rams, Todd Gurley, could be the MVP. Jared Goff, remarkable Remarkable difference here one year or two that had to do with coaching more than the play of golf. And golf still played well, don't get me wrong. But I think the marked improvement had more to do with who was calling the shots like who was chucking the football. I'm going to go with the upset here. Something's telling me the, the Falcons are going to make it into the final, final four of the NFC once again. We're going to go 28-27 in favor of the Falcons. Bringing us to Sunday's game, Buffalo and Jacksonville. Buffalo, <laughs> thank you, Andy Dalton. I was actually there with my girlfriend witnessing the Ravens-Bengals game on the final week of the season. A stadium that is just rocking and full of, full of energy. Ravens are less than a minute from winning the game in comfortable high fashion, qualifying for the playoffs where they would have been the number one wild card. Fourth and 11, 
49-yard touchdown pass. Andy Dalton. Travis Boyd. It was it was kind of like a, a shop vac was held on top of the stadium and just sucked all of the air out of the place. A gasp that went over the crowd that was unlike anything I had heard. Good football game to watch. We were there to watch it go down. Changed the entire landscape. Andy Dalton getting all kinds of thank you cards and gifts and well wishes from Buffalo fans. You know, he he turned that into telling people to make charitable contributions instead. Good, Good for you, Andy Dalton. Gets the Buffalo Bills into the playoffs the first time since 1999. I believe uh, the Music City Miracle. Buffalo Bills lose. That was Rob Johnson and Doug Flutie. Those were the quarterbacks the last time the Bills were in the playoffs. Saxonville. I believe they have the NFL Defensive Player of the Year. Everyone's jumping on the Calais Campbell Defensive Player of the Year bandwagon. I've called that since about week four, if you've been listening to the podcast, reading any of the material. So thank you very much, everyone. Thanks for finally taking notice. The amazing job Kalias Campbell has, has done with his team, being a leader. This could be the game where I'm going to call Buffalo wins it if LaShawn McCoy is active. I like them to win a tough, low-scoring game. If LaShawn McCoy cannot go, I'm giving the slight edge to Jacksonville. Normally, I'm not going to hinge it all on one player. But I really think you take LaShawn McCoy and the threat of a run out of there for Buffalo. I like Taylor could be running for his life. I think the Bills need a healthy dose of McCoy. Keep that Jacksonville team honest. Keep them from blitzing and teeing off on Tyrod Taylor. You take him out of the mix, that's a huge downgrade. Huge downgrade. Uh, It could come down to the ankle of LaShawn McCoy. Right now, I believe he's listed as doubtful. It could be upgraded to questionable. It's it's about 40-60. I think about 40% chance he goes. Or he's a trooper and they play him in a limited role. Highly, highly doubtful we're going to see him get, you know, 20, 25 touches. Sean McCoy, average workload. For that fact, I'm going to go Jacksonville. But if McCoy ends up playing or having a somewhat prominent role in this offense, I like the Bills to pull off the upset. And we finish off Sunday's games and the wild card weekend with what looks to be the closest game on paper. It's always good when you get division rivals in there, too. The Carolina Panthers and the New Orleans Saints. I like New Orleans here. One, this is the feeling of a game that's going to be close. And then New Orleans, that running game, just kind of grinds it out. They keep the Panthers on the field too long, and they just lay the wood to them in the fourth quarter. I'm going to say this game turns out 41-24, but it's a lot closer than that score would indicate. I think the Saints pull away late. They do it with ball control, running the football, keeping the ball out of the hands of Cam Newton. 
and just winning this with time of possession. And then by the fourth the fourth quarter, you get a, a winded Carolina Panther defense who just succumbs to Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara, and the many weapons there. And the most experienced quarterback on the NFC side, Drew Brees. I mean, you look at it, aside from Drew Brees, what, yeah, Matt Ryan, who was in the Super Bowl last year? Other than that, who really has any type of experience quarterbacking? I mean, Cam Newton does as well. Didn't mean to overlook you there, Cam. Sorry. But New Orleans wins this game. And if things go as expected, Atlanta's not expected to win. Those top three quarterbacks, Jared Goff, Case Keenum, was looked like it was going to be Carson Wentz. It's now Nick Foles was one playoff uh, start to his, his resume. I mean, Breeze has about 20 times the amount of passes thrown in the playoffs than the other people he could be facing combined. And it's why I'm going to, I'm going to stick with, I'll make an adjustment here, but I'm going to stick with the, the, the pick that I made on halfway through the season. I'm going to say Pittsburgh, New Orleans. I'll reserve judgment as far as who would win that match. My heart tells me Pittsburgh because, again, I, I think there's just an air of desperation about the Steelers. Big Ben. Is he really going to walk away? Maybe he wins, pulls up, pulls a Peyton, rides off into the sunset, third Super Bowl, and says, I'm out. Le'Veon Bell, I don't think he's going to get the type of money from Pittsburgh he's looking for. Is, is he on the move? Because those two huge offensive catalysts, two of the, the big three, aside from Antonio Brown, whose health is in question, I think because of that, this almost feels like Pittsburgh is a little desperate. Maybe on the heels of what we could call, don't use the R word, a rebuild. Could be. I think because of that, I'm giving Pittsburgh the edge, even if they have to go back into Foxborough and play the Patriots. Something's just been telling me Pittsburgh all year long. Pittsburgh and New Orleans were my picks midway through, and that's that's what I'm going to stick to right now. Brings us to our last order of business. We currently know what the first 20 picks are going to be. Of course, picks 21 through 32 in the NFL draft will be determined by where teams are going to finish in the playoffs. Aside from, i got to look, I think it's picks 8 and 9. We're going to have to have a coin flip this year. I believe that is Oakland-San Francisco. Uh, it's actually 9 and 10. Cleveland Browns, not only are they picking first, they're picking fourth. Two picks in the top five, courtesy of the deal that landed Deshaun Watson with the Texans. Looking at what the Texans have, I think the Texans take that. They think it's a good deal. But Cleveland, with their own pick, will sit at number one. New York Giants at two, Indianapolis Colts at three. Again, Cleveland with that second pick at four. Denver Broncos at five. Nobody thought that was – nobody really saw that coming. Even with the uncertainty of quarterback heading into the season, many felt that that defense would be good enough to at least have Denver in the mix for a playoff spot. Not about five or six wins. Six through ten, Jets 
Tampa Bay, hot pick that a lot of, including yours truly, had early in the season. Chicago Bears, and then that coin flip we talked about. Right now we're putting the, the Niners, who end the year with five consecutive wins, Jimmy Garoppolo. And number nine, Oakland Raiders at 10. 11 through 20, Miami Dolphins, Cincinnati Bengals, Washington Redskins, Green Bay Packers, Arizona Cardinals, Baltimore Ravens, LA Chargers, Seattle Seahawks, Dallas Cowboys, Detroit Lions. Now 21 through 32 in our current mock, which again, seven rounds, full, round for compensatory picks. We're using current records, and we use an NFC AFC team for the purposes of 31-32 simulate Super Bowl participants. Tennessee, Buffalo, Jacksonville, another Buffalo pick at 24, and 25 Atlanta, that second Buffalo pick. That is courtesy of the Kansas City Chiefs. Remember, they moved up to take Patrick Mahomes. That's Buffalo two first-round picks this year. 26 through 32. The L.A. Rams, New Orleans Saints, Carolina Panthers, Minnesota Vikings. 30 would be the Pittsburgh Steelers. 31, the Philadelphia Eagles. 32, the New England Patriots. We'll quickly just go over the first round. Or will we? You know what? Let's not. We didn't do that on another call. Probably, I would say, in the next uh, week or two. With it being the third, we have 12 more days for underclassmen to declare themselves eligible for the draft. We're currently staying at 55 with 12 days to go. This point last year, with 12 days to go, we had 56 entrants. So we're right on there. I think we had 97 last year. So we're right, kind of right on the same wavelength, same number of people. See where that uh, ends up. I, I predicted that we would have about 10 less. I thought that we would be in the, say, 86 to 90 range for participants. We'll see how that uh, that winds up. But anyway, that's all for now. Come back soon. We're going to have more podcasts. Jay Boyer, peace out. And enjoy your football experience in the new year, everyone.